0: Welcome to the Unusually Useful Podcast. My name is Glenn Iverson. In this episode, I talk about my friend and fellow filmmaker, Keegan Hurley. Keegan is a great guy who is also a film photographer and a passionate storyteller. We go over his entry into making films, capturing beautiful colors in his photography, COVID-19 productivity, and his YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, Keegan. Glenn. Um... Welcome to the podcast. How does it feel to be on the first Unusually Useful?
1: I feel really special that you chose me as your first podcast guest.
0: Yes. Wonderful, brother. Well, um, Keegan, you know, the, the, something interesting has happened over the past uh, two weeks while stuck in quarantine. Mm. I have um, started eating eggs sunny side up because they're more aesthetic not because they are
1: because they're (laughs) not not because
0: not because they are more delicious uh in an arguable way how does that make you feel
1: you know honestly i'm i'm here for it i tend to i rotate what i do for eggs usually like the standard growing up was scrambled but you know I have to mix it up every once in a while because I get bored. So I'm here for it. They definitely do look more appetizing. You do them sunny side up, like do a little bit of pepper, salt, maybe some herbs if you're feeling like really special. Oh, you know it, man. Uh, So has anything
0: happened to you like that while you've been stuck inside for the last two weeks?
1: Like have I like made actively – different choices for aesthetic reasons yeah different um different it's funny. choices it's like...
0: different random random things that don't really mean anything but you just you're really into it for now
1: um it's funny i've like kind of regressed aesthetically i've stopped like dressing as well as i usually do big like like all year i never i wore sweatpants three times i think i wore the same two sweatpants for like three days
0: how would you describe your how would you describe your look if uh, for the people who can't see how you're dressed right now, if you had to oh, if you had to give oh. them like a, a like a like a short introduction to what your style is
1: in quarantine, what would that be? In quarantine, oh yeah. lord, um, I try to do like like you like gray or black sweatpants or blue shorts with like a long sleeve on top. That's my quarantine fit. Like a solid color long sleeve. Like I have this, like I have like a, a, a yesterday I wore an Arizona basketball. Like it's just like mostly navy blue. Uh, I like, I like like the very like blocked colors. Like I don't, nothing too fancy in quarantine. As opposed to black chinos, a jean jacket, and a nice uh, rag sweater is the regular attire during the school year, so. Okay.
0: If your, if your quarantine outfit was a logline for a movie, what would it be?
1: Oh, good grief. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I'm not quick enough with this. I got to get better at my elevator pitches.
0: Yeah, dude, you're struggling on them. Oh, oh boy.
1: boy, if my outfit was, was a logline. line. line. <laughs> Hey, it might look bad, but the story's pretty good. That's like that's all I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like more like I'm Casey Neistat's vlogs. I don't look great, but we're presentable and the story's fun. But it's still pretty fun. I'm still a fun person. Please get
0: past. <laughs> please get past the first impression.
1: I love it. Like, who's not just rocking their sweatpants though? Let's be honest here.
0: Me, me Kikin. <laughs> I it is it has become a problem with the people in my family, who have started to realize it that I find jeans very comfortable.
1: I am I don't own jeans. I don't find jeans comfortable, at all. You don't own jeans. I don't own jeans. I own chinos. I own oh, khakis. you're a khaki boy. Okay, to friend. I'm gonna I'm outfits. gonna
0: do a I'm gonna do a hard transition to uh, okay. to who you are as a person. So Keegan, we <laughs> Keegan, we've been friends. Tell tell the people how we met. So from your perspective, what how has our friendship grown? Who are you as a person? What are mm. you into? Give me give me the give me the longer pitch of uh, who Keegan Hurley is as a human being.
1: All right, we'll start with how we met. Like I like knew who you were because like obviously you hang out at Messiah a lot and we went to the same high school and I knew your brother through like other people in Mechanicsburg and sports and stuff so like I like had an idea of who you were and I followed you on Instagram because I always saw you in the library and I was like oh he's a film person that's sick then uh through our friend Andre we met because of Hunter Hill's project he needed people for his senior project yeah and then I was like trying to figure out if I should stay in lacrosse or just focus on school. And for some reason that night at the, um, during his project, I was like, yo, Glenn, do you want to have lunch? I want to talk about if I want to quit lacrosse and be a filmmaker. It was, and you were like, yeah, bro, let's do it. And you just like gave me a big hug. And I was like, this is sick. And then we got lunch and it was rad. And we started hanging out a bunch. Cause I guess we both had a good time or else we wouldn't be on this podcast now. So.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. What was that? Then, what, <clears throat> what was that? Uh, what was that journey like? Figuring out um, you're you're pulling away from sports versus like, should you get more into film or should you try to p- balance it?
1: Well, it's an ongoing one, um, but like as far as reaching the decision, it was really tough because I background for me. So I played lacrosse since I was in sixth grade. So at that point. Uh, it's probably, like, seven years. It was my seventh year of, like, organized lacrosse. It's a pretty big part of my life. Whereas filmmaking had kind of taken a back seat to lacrosse after, um, I started playing. Because I got into filmmaking when I was, like, 10, 11 with, like, animation and stuff. Um, but then kind of took a break because Legos weren't cool anymore and making videos wasn't cool anymore. Um... And I was just like all about sports and um, moved away from the arts as a whole. But then in college, when I, I refound my passion, going into school and um, and I changed my major. Well, I was double major for a little while. I came into college a marketing major, and then was double major in marketing and film. And then I dropped the marketing major to a minor. Um, and that's when I really started thinking about quitting lacrosse because um, the season just wasn't what I thought it would be, and. It was really difficult, um, and I felt like my time could have been used just a little bit more effectively, and I didn't love the game, which I used to, which was hard because, like, my lacrosse is a super, like, fun program, and there's a lot of really good people involved from the coaching staff and on the team, and I love every single one of those guys, but it just – I didn't have passion for the game anymore, and this was really concerning. So I, like, was thinking about it a lot over the summer – and then I decided to start praying pretty intentionally about it. And then some stuff happened on the team. And that's how I knew that it was time for me to go, res- like, to really seriously consider leaving the team. Um, which was really tough because I don't, I don't like quitting. And it, especially it's, like, hard quitting something that you love and enjoy. But my friend actually FaceTimed me when I was going to write a resignation letter the coach um and he like it was just out of the blue I was procrastinating doing it because I was kind of afraid to make that jump and my friend who I hadn't talked to one of my best friends uh Christian who I hadn't talked to for months over the summer just because we we're both busy just Facetime me and I told him what I was up to and he was like he like pushed me he's like look man like I know how passionate you are about film and um we just want you to be happy and like, we all love you. And I think this is something you should try, even if it's just for a year, like you can always come back and we're going to back you no matter what. And that's the support that I needed that really pushed me over the edge, um, to full on commit to the decision. Uh, and that was like one of the biggest things that sparked knowing that it was time. So then I quit the team and, um, remained on as like a social media, manager and video content producer because that's some of the stuff I was doing while I was on the team too. Obviously this year that kind of fell through a little bit um because of COVID and the season getting canceled. Um but yeah it's been it's been a really cool it was a really awesome fall. I got a lot of opportunities to work, especially thanks to you. Thank you. Um and like to meet a lot of really like cool people and get close with my my one friend group in a different way who are also film majors and make an awesome film and really start to grow towards um, what, like towards my career and becoming like an actual adult as opposed to, um, like I I didn't have so much time tied up by sports so I could focus on my academics in a way that I never have before. And that was really freeing, but also like it's been difficult like this spring, I found myself as it was getting warmer and I was playing sports, like playing spike ball with my friends and hearing practice and stuff. I've i started to miss it more. Like I had a dream the other night that I was at practice and I woke up really sad. So it's definitely still an ongoing thing of figuring out, you know, how do, I, how do I manage this? How do I still love the sport that like I grew up loving and be involved with it without having to play it? Because I'm the kind of person that if I like something or want to do something, I'm... I think that I should be doing it. So how do I enjoy the sport but not feel that I should be playing and go back to playing, thus distracting me from everything that I've been building this year and I'm going to continue to build in my next two years? So sorry, that was a really long explanation.
0: Dude, no worries. Um, so you, you mentioned at one point that you so, sort of like thought film was uncool at one point and like Legos and like all these animations and stuff that you're making. What was the what was the thing that kind of got you back into it? Like you mentioned that you sort of flopped from marketing to uh, a film major at college, but what I guess what was that process like of being like, oh, this is actually something that I still enjoy.
1: Well, it's really funny because I don't think I ever stopped enjoying it. It was just that I having I moved around a lot, like as a, like a couple times as a kid. And I was going into a new school um, when I was going to eighth grade. And that's when I, like, started to phase out of making these animations that, like, I thought for a 12-year-old, it was pretty pretty good to actually, like, focus on. I learned, like, a ton about film. I never stopped appreciating film. Even when we, like, saw movies, I talked very intensely about it with my family and and different things. And I loved reading about it. But I just stopped doing it because, like that's like I kind of got made not like super made fun of but like here and there and I just I don't know I I let a part of myself kind of compromise because I thought that it would help me with other people and building relationships a new school um which is interesting because like the root of actual connection is vulnerability and authenticity and so by losing that you actually I think like it's like a bigger holistic thing you actually lose some of those things that you're trying to gain. Um, but so then around I'd say like 10th grade or so I got back into photography. Like I'd always been interested in, but like I really started practicing again. I took a darkroom class with my good friend Davis holiday, who is also into film now too, which is cool. Um, and we had a great time in there. I absolutely loved that. And then the next year, uh, my friend Tully Ryan, you might know his brother Connor. Um, He also went to Mechanicsburg and is a film person. But Tully Tully got me back into shooting photography for fun. And, like, we'd go out and climb underneath bridges and railroads and all kinds of stuff to take, like, cool photos. And that plus my other good friend Jonah showed me Casey Neinstadt, like, reinvigorated these flames of, like, this film stuff. So then just from that point on, it was, like, building and building and building. And I learned of like video, video marketing and like found like Peter McKinnon and like all of these, like this YouTube sphere of like filmmaking being cool again, which is, and I started to slowly get involved a more and more and interested in doing video um, from a business perspective though, this time, as opposed to cinema, which is really interesting because I was like super into cinema and film from like making Hollywood big budget pictures because Christopher Nolan is like what got me really interested in film is I remember being infatuated with The Dark Knight and Inception. Like, I just wanted to see it. When I was 10 years old, all I wanted to do is see Inception. And, like, I learned all about the movie before even seeing it. Uh, <laughs> um, but so, sorry, off track. Uh, I ended up buying a camera because the one I had didn't do video and I started to start to learn. And I made, this was after I made a video for uh, the summer camp that I worked at. I asked them if I could make a video. They handed me a GoPro. And we're like, go wild. And I made a promotional video and got paid a little extra to do that. And that was super cool. After that, that's I used some of that money from making extra to buy a new camera. And I started taking more photos again. And then in the fall, I just brought my camera everywhere. Took photos for lacrosse. Took photos of my friends. And just got super invested in like learning about film and photography again. And slowly it just has blossomed back into rediscovering more of who I am. Cause I've been kind of been on this constant journey since my senior year of rediscovering that and realigning my identity with who I know myself to be, who I think the Lord is calling me to be. And you know, all those identity things. So yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, I totally see that. Um, one, you know, one way that I, one, one way that I've seen you kind of express that is, being really passionate about, uh, film photography.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, do you think there was something specific that you were trying to build in your identity through that? Or did you just think that was like a product of like being in the film world and watching YouTube and like being passionate, like being inspired by all these other creators and stuff? Or Mm. do you think like it evolved for the purpose of like building out who Keegan Hurley is more? And then why – Why, th- like, from your perspective, like, why is film photography, I guess, important as well to you, at least? Because I know some people are super into it, and then I know, like, yeah. some people in the film and photo world are, like, think it's cool, but because of, like, the difficulties of, like, development and just the fact that it, like, doesn't necessarily fit into people's business models and stuff, right. Why? why is something that – like, why – did you gravitate towards that as a person and, and how has it impacted you, I guess, of who you are?
1: Yeah. Um. So, like I mentioned before, my first experience with it was kind of before it actually, like, so it's film photography has a, like a recent revival in the last like couple of years. Um, there's like a YouTube analog scene that's like really exploded and people like on Instagram too, like Sam Elkins and Joe Greer and Willem Vierbeck have like, I hope I said his last name right. Um, have like really brought this film thing to the forefront, like analog photography, and are trying to revive it. Kodak actually just reissued an old film that they stopped making. Um, Lomography is making new films. It's like a big deal that this is coming back. So it's especially with people like in our age group, kind of of millennial, early Gen Zs. Um, But I think what brought me towards it is one, I started shooting it before that happened. I tried it in high school, Uh, Mechanicsburg is one of the only schools to have a dark room. And Mrs. Giblin is an awesome teacher. Um, And then my friend Tully shot a lot of film because he actually didn't even own a DSLR because it was too expensive. So he shot film whenever he had money to. So it's kind of always been in my, like, part of my journey since early high school. But what grabbed me towards it is because I didn't love the color science of uh, my camera that I bought for photography I didn't like how my pictures were turning out and I saw people like Sam Elkins and they were getting like these beautiful results on film and I was like I have to do that this is a way better a cheaper way for me which is funny because it's actually not of like than just buying a new camera but a cheaper way for me to get like these cool colors and I became obsessed with that look again plus I think the biggest thing was I wanted to become a better photographer and from what I was like reading people would recommend that you shoot film because, or at least it made sense to me because you have to actually learn the numbers. I can't just rely on the camera to do all the work. I mean, you can, there are film cameras that do, but in most cases you have to learn how aperture, shutter speed, and ISO all integrate in a totally different way. And so that was honestly the biggest, one of the biggest driving motivators. I just wanted to be better. Um, but then since then I've, rediscovering that process, falling in love with it again, because I think there's a different simplicity to it. You learn kind of the roots of, t- of photography. Plus I love being able to process it myself. Um, like that is just one of my favorite things. Like it's a great stress reliever for me to be able to just go to the dark room and process a roll and then print it. And I think that's really cool to have that physical process um, built into your photography. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. I
0: I think, I think one of the ways that like I was exposed to the, the film photography side of the world has been like, like if you look back at like my past before I even got into photo and video in general, um, like, uh, my mom always buying like my brother and I, those, uh, disposable cameras that you can get at like Walmart and right Yes um and like you would go on like a a church trip or you know some sort of camping experience or whatever and it'd be like you have 32 photos like you know the memories
1: are flooding
0: yeah and then you'd like bring it back and um there wasn't a whole lot of control to it you literally just wind it and like take it i remember trips going to like the zoo and trying to like take pictures of like rhinos and stuff when i was a kid um and uh, and then like taking it to Walmart and getting mailed like the what like the four by six photos in a, a hard cardboard envelope. Yes,
1: that was oh kind of
0: yeah that was kind of my first experience. And then once I started getting into the more digital side of things, I think it became more about, um, like, uh, it became more about me trying to be able to craft the image with. Uh, control and and just the having the convenience of digital, but where I think film has kind of snuck its way back in um, for me has been the whole like Polaroid or like the Fuji Instax uh, cameras where it's still film um, and it's still like uh, its own unique quality of like colors and, and, and texture on, on the actual picture, but it's still like relatively instant. Um And that's something that I've been kind of having fun with in, in order to be able to like have a physical photo right away that you don't necessarily have a ton of control over how the photo comes out, but then still being able to like pass it to people and like having like a physical thing really quickly rather than like taking like your JPEG from a camera and going to Rite Aid and like printing it out and then like, but then it still doesn't look really cool. And. All that sort of stuff so that's where kind of my interest has got grown from it um it's definitely not i think as primary as in your life but um in terms of just being able to have fun with some film photos that's that's kind of where it's come through and and uh existed nowadays
1: yeah dude that uh that picture of katie now that i, I saw like you posted the picture on instagram but like the the polaroid i was looking at it yesterday when you dropped those off to scan yeah like, that's awesome like i love that too i just bought a polaroid from josh Linklist for like 30 bucks like a vintage one yeah and i i i want to learn i want to start shooting with them more because i think that's also too what's so attractive about film is like i love having the negatives and being able to like hold them and that's what's so cool about polaroid like you said like when i shoot 35 or 120 it's this whole big process i have to either like send it out to a lab and they do it or i have to mix the chemicals here and go through the whole thing the polaroid you just snap it and you get that like really cool retro image Uh, yeah no it's It's like a it's like a cool
0: it's a cool in between of like the convenience of digital but uh like the the look and the kind of just like deal with it attitude that film carries yes
1: when you have it like together like a good in the middle of those but how are you liking the new the because you just got the because you had an old polaroid that worked yeah how so i you liking I have, I the think, one step two compared yeah. to the old one
0: yeah i have one of those big old gray like ugly ones so you gotta like snap in half and it pops up
1: dude the, i think it's like the xx sx70 or something yeah like
0: something like that but um it's really cool and it's you can like buy the film at target and like come back or like get it online anywhere and, but then, um, I have this idea for this, uh, spec ad that I wanted to, that I've talked to you about, and I won't go too, right. too, too into it over the podcast, but, um, I got this new one and I kind of wanted to like showcase like an old Polaroid versus like the new cameras that come out that have like either a little bit more control or look a little bit prettier or take different styles of film. Like I know mine, you can get the, it's like the newer version of what you have. Mm-hmm. And you can get black and white film for mine, but I don't think you can get black and white film for yours unless it's a little bit pricier. But like mm, mine you black. can get it in like Target really easy. But you yeah, can still like get like six, you can still get like six hundred film in other places, like relatively affordably, if you think eight pictures for like twenty bucks is affordable. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> oh yeah man it's definitely a humbling experience when that happens when you like take a polaroid and like
1: i remember when i bought it uh, oh
0: dude like each photo is like what more a little bit more than two bucks and um every time every time you uh take a photo and but it comes out and it just sucks you're like gosh dang it
1: i know my the only role i've ever shot with my polaroid only two pictures out of the eight do i deem like worthy the rest were so bad yeah
0: Uh. (laughs) yeah but um so so why do you think uh all that all this film stuff is like really giving you impact or you've really attached to other than the whole teaching you to be a little bit better and uh like the improved coloring and stuff like that that you mentioned
1: um i i mean part of it too is probably like the popularity of it for sure um i don't think it's a fad for me because like i'm pretty emotionally attached to like the negatives but like there's something like really cool like i said it's the process it's the physical like putting it in the camera having to wind it like i like there's a tangible connection to that that we don't get when we take phones or photos on our phones or on digital cameras when we can just snap a thousand images yeah like it's really about being more intentional i think that's what's like brought it back for me is like like you said like for polaroid it's two dollars every picture or if you figure here let me do some quick math here on, on my computer you figure a roll of portrait is like i don't know nine dollars and you have 36 pictures that's 25 cents a picture which like might not be a lot you say but then like it adds up when you're taking you know I don't know Joe Greer like takes like a hundred rolls on like a trip and then you have to like develop, develop all and, that yeah all. right and so like there's something about it's the it's the actual physical process of being attached to your photos in a different way I think it it brings weight to the process that I really like because one you're paying for it and two you can feel it um my dad for people who don't know a lot of, I didn't introduce myself well, but my dad is a dance professor and so one of the things he's studies is how movement especially lately he's been saying this is how movement and um like physical touch change our actions and like the physiological effects of them and he's been reading a lot about this and he talks about how like physically doing something so like people talk a lot about using writing in a notebook as opposed to typing in a computer shooting film photography is a lot like that yeah cause it's it's like writing a notebook instead of typing in the computer you remember it better because you have this physical action in a whole other way that's connected to it. And I think that's what keeps me like into it or or what Travis and I talk about this a lot is like, what's making me, uh, made me and a lot of other photographers fall in love with it. And I think this is an even bigger trend of like people in our generation discovering, you know, this new old tech and, and being into vintage and like old things because we're like i'm a technical we're, i'm a digital native like i've grown up with an ipod since gen 2 of ipods in my house and like all this digital stuff and i think that's what's so attractive is, is it's an escape from that yeah so
0: yeah dude absolutely uh w- at what point do you think like if that becomes like the end of that fad like uh, do you think do you see like this whole interest in 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 the physical and and like uh the touch aspect of things fading away anytime soon, or because like you've definitely seen that like too with like even like records and stuff like that. You know, like the trendy hipster girls right. or or guys kind of getting <laughs> into it. You know, and like dude,
1: I want to. And I wanna like I, I so totally, dude, I
0: totally <laughs> respect it, and it is so unbelievably cool to like have a record and flip it. But like the whole pe, the whole aspect of like, oh, I can hear the difference like that that I'm not sure if I buy and I'm not sure if I that's just cuz of my experience with music and like uh like audio engineering is just so unbelievably maybe like lower than these people but I definitely like see some of the the aspects of like people getting into like the old stuff like journaling or like anything else somewhat being like like artificially impactful
1: mm yeah Dude, on vinyl, a note on vinyl, when I have enough money, I'm gonna get so into vinyl. Like, I already know (laughs) I already know what I want my first record to be that I'm gonna buy. I already know. It's uh it's Jack White's Lazaretto because it's it's his second or yeah, it's his second solo album. Because he's like a crazy person if you don't if you know a little bit about Jack White. But they etched a hologram in the middle of the Records. so when it spins there's like a little angel that spins in the center of the record and i think that's the coolest thing plus i love jack white because he's crazy and yeah. he's a musical genius anyway side note um yeah no my friend nolan is super into vinyl it's the same thing they're like vinyl sounds warmer and like i can't hear it but i guess he can um but no um i think as a fad it's gonna die as we as like people in my generation actually have to work and like get real jobs Cause like generally we're all still in college right now, especially like the Gen Zers who are getting like really into this stuff. I think as they have to provide for themselves in a different way and it's not their parents, like paying for their food and stuff, there's going to be less people who opt to continue to use these technologies cause it's going to be too expensive for them. And or like digital.
0: it might be more convenient for the other thing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's more convenient or whatever, but I'm hoping that like, as a long term it kind of stays more because i think that's pretty integral to our society of having things that we physically do and, and once we move completely online i think things are going to look a little scary um, if like if you've seen wally like yeah. it's going the world's going to look like wally one day and maybe not in space but on earth and i don't think that's going to be a good day like, yeah. i think that's we're going to we'll have lost so much of what's important so i'm hoping it doesn't die but i could see how in the future it's going to be it's too or like Take the film Ektachrome, for example. Ektachrome died. Ektachrome was this like, really interesting film that Kodak made, just quick background, um, that had three black and white layers. My professor was just telling me more about it, actually, because we were talking about film in class yesterday. Um, it, it, it was taken on black and white, but in the process of um, developing it, they, they bring these really nice, really stable dyes. That attached to each level or layer so you get better colors that o- that also last longer and don't fade. This film has since like ceased to exist and Kodak stopped making it because the process was deemed too en- environmentally unfriendly. And so I think as we hurt the earth more or like we progress longer, people are going to slowly get pretty mad about film and the amount of plastic and water. And chemicals that it uses, because it is not a super environmentally friendly process. There's a lot of water used, and celluloid is made, and the factories that make it, and all kinds of stuff. So, I think that'll be one factor. Plus, I think people will just move towards convenience. And once we see that day, I mean, I'm gonna fight till the day that it dies, that film, and and these technologies stay around because I think they're really important. Um, But I think once we see the day where people, as a as a whole, get really environmentally upset with them as well as like just start to continue to value convenience um that's when we'll lose these technologies but i'm hoping that like the situation of everyone having to be at home and with their families and like maybe does a little bit of reset and we we focus we remember why we love physical connection um and so we can maybe preserve that a little bit more because people are gonna be so sick of connecting online that they kind of relish and maybe take less for granted our ability to be together yeah to be in person and do things physically as opposed to digitally so
0: yeah dude absolutely i bet your dad's having a ball with that with some of his research
1: oh yeah i'm sure i i'll have to like talk to him more in depth but we like about like the actual crisis but i i'm sure it's just like totally and it's totally different trying to teach a dance class online and he's killing it though so
0: yeah That's super cool, man. Well, that's fun. Well, Keegan, um, is there anything else that you feel like the audience needs to know about you? Or do you think you've been summed up at least relatively,
1: uh,
0: in in a, in a, in a slight, in a slight form in a short podcast of who you are? Oh
1: boy. I feel like I'm not good enough at articulating it shortly. (laughs) Um, not because like I'm some super special thing or whatever, but just because like people are complicated. Yeah,
0: but, I feel like uh, we're. I feel like we can both be pretty long winded as human beings.
1: Yeah, I love to talk. Yeah, so. Katie.
0: Katie definitely gets on me and says I uh, don't let people talk uh, over me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm the. I'm the same way. I not because like I'm. I just like to talk, man. I like to connect with people. That's here. That's something I like to share. I like I think that's like the core of like what drives a lot of who I am is connection, and I like connecting with people, and that's why I like film. That's why I like visual like arts as a whole. Is it's it's a way for us to connect in a word way that words like don't do justice, and I think that's super cool, and it's a way to bring people together for all kinds of different purposes. Yeah, and everything. A lot of a, most of what I do in life drive is driven by connection to others. Yeah. Sure, that's like maybe maybe something that's like really core to who I am. That is short. <laughs>
0: there we go. I like that. Cool man. Well, I guess uh another thing I wanted to, to kind of talk about is something that kind of we've joked about and then I've sort of made a thing or at least want to. Is like uh, I I don't know exactly where it came from like but I think it came from just like meme culture in general, but like people being like (laughs) big brain and uh, and then how that like for me and you both turned into a joke that we said all the time, but then how it evolved in even further in terms of uh, saying the phrase big brain big heart and oh um, yo. Yeah. yeah, and so like I've put it in my uh, at the end of one of my YouTube videos and that's something that I want to keep doing as like some sort of phrase. But like from yeah. your perspective, uh, why why do we say – what what does big brain, big heart mean to you?
1: Well, it started when I was talking – I was getting like really – I was taking philosophy 101 and I was getting super into philosophy. And I was like, oh, I want to add a philosophy minor, which I'm still thinking about. And you were like big brain or we were like, or we, I started watching PewDiePie again too. Yeah. That's what happened. And he says big brain and I know you watch PewDiePie. And so one of us, I don't remember who it was, made the big brain joke about me and like philosophy. and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's why we started saying that. And then, um, I'm a person that, Oh, here, this is like really deep information about me. Um, I'm like a person who values like vulnerability and like authenticity as well as like, When I got to college, telling all like, especially my guy friends, like, like saying the words like "I love you" like in a platonic like way of like letting people know because I think that's so important, of like, not just making that romantic because like, like love is like super complicated. Anyway, this is like a whole other podcast that we could do like one whole episode on, but and that's like, kind of based out of how I live my life, and I think you're a very similar person who like values those things and that's where big heart comes from big big brain big heart kind of came together is like two things that we really shared in our personalities of like really liking to learn and like learning all this information um especially like on an existential religious philosophical kind of level yeah and then also just being people that like love and connection really drives them and so that's why like i don't remember who it was i thought it might have been me i might have been you i don't know on FaceTime to say bye I was like big brain big heart yeah 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 whatever and and like it was just such a cool thing because I think those are the two things that really sum up like a lot of core parts of us and who we want to be and then it kind of like was a meme but also we were like oh this is cool because like it's funny and it's like I think like that statement as a whole kind of like sums up our relationship even of just like who we are as people and how we relate to each other yeah
0: Dude, I, def- I definitely get that man like when when I think about I guess what that like forward phrase <laughs> would mean or if there had to be a philosophy behind it would be sort of what you said where it's like yeah we, we're, we're both into learning like new things about life whether that's different religious things or philosophical things or just like learning about people in general and I think that fits really well in the film but like um, one thing that I guess I would say that I would be decent at, I guess it, it, relatively in my life would be like be being able to be a, uh, empathetic with others. Mm, yeah. Um, and I guess that's kind of like an additional side to like big heart, but like not just being intentional about both of those th- not just being intentional about both of those things, but like, I think it's just really funny that like when I reflect back on my life being uh empathetic and I guess emotional and then like also does, but now more recently desiring to learn more stuff about logic and being more, I guess tempered and, and not as angry and like quick to something mm. or whatever. Um, and having yeah. both uh, and realizing the importance in that, I guess is also sort of like wrapped up in- it- at least for me when I say it, when I say that to you or I say that to myself or like put it in YouTube or whatever.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely like I'm on that same boat of like empathy is like one of the foundational characteristics to being like an awesome human being and like a good Christian and like something I really care about. And so I'm totally on the same page. And like you said, though, it's almost like there's this balance, like you can't get so wrapped in your emotions that you make rash decisions, but you can't be so logical that you forget that we're human, you know? And so I, I'm totally with you right there. That's why I love that phrase. Like, yeah, it's, oh, so it's an in- that...
0: intentional increase of both, both things in your life. Yes. Yes. More I guess would be the, that would be the log line for that statement.
1: Yes. I need to work on log lines. I'm not good at them at all. <laughs>
0: that's totally fine, dude. I understand. We'll work on them together. Maybe we'll do an episode in the future where it's like, we just got to spit fire log lines.
1: Oh boy. You'll crush me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so Keegan, last thing. Okay. What's up with your YouTube channel, bro?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was gonna get away. <laughs> yeah, man. Where's Where's was...
0: Where's the weekly videos, dude? Dude, it, I've only missed
1: one week. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've technically missed two.
0: Yeah, I keep waiting. I keep I keep seeing your videos pop up on TikTok, but I'm like, dude, where's the YouTube?
1: Oh i'm a lazy boy <laughs> um i have like all these videos that i want to make and i'm i've just been in a funk like i was kind of in a funk in the spring and then covid was like i was like starting to pull out of it and then co- coronication was like stop back into the funk and so like <laughs> we're working out of it this was actually a really good Thing because now my studio is set up, maybe I'll maybe I'll just make a video right after this. Dude, I, I think
0: you should show the people. Uh,
1: I also the one video that I really want to make, I can't get that camera to work. I just have a lot of excuses and I'm a lazy, lazy little little boy.
0: Dude, I feel like I feel like aren't we all <laughs> in, in some aspect?
1: <laughs> and it's really funny because like I'll see all these like like partic- like not to be stereotypical, but, but particularly of my my female friends posting like stuff on their story about like mental health and like how you don't have to come out of this like pandemic like a superstar or crazy better person it's like it's okay to be like you know lazy and whatever and like take care of yourself and while that's true I also think my laziness is negatively affecting my mental health so I need to like yeah like like, ramp it up and come out of this a way better like version of me and productive and like ready to go. Yeah. So. dude. That
0: like That's one thing that I really wanted to work on with like, uh, as well, it's like, well, if I can't make money, like how can I at least improve myself for the future when we're all able to. Um, and one thing that I have realized that I guess I'm not super strong at or have at least seen other people strong at is like social media advertising and like Google advertising and like, getting ad cert and I know you just did that you got Google ad certified and so just like taking <laughs> so taking some time and like okay like oh I can do this or I, I want these are the things that I want to learn and like the animation video that I sent you and, and be able to make some yeah. YouTube videos out of that and so I'm definitely more from the perspective of like there are things that I want to work on and increase but like I know that like you know there are some people in, in certain funks and stuff like that and like being able to pull yourself out of that is, is quite difficult sometimes. Uh, what, what, how would you describe your funk? Like, what are you stuck in other than the
1: general, like I'm lazy. Are you trying to just get me to say on the podcast that I'm playing a lot of Fortnite? Is that what? <laughs> 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 um, I've been playing a lot of video games, but like, can I explain the reasoning behind that? Yeah, please like, do. Dude, not... there's,
0: there's no judgment here. I'm just calling you out
1: on on an, you an, judge, on, an, on an
0: internet commitment that you made to the world.
1: <laughs> I, I know, I know. Um, the reason why I've been playing, my problem is like I stay up too late and I honestly just do nothing all day because like I was, so I got sick, not with Corona, but just like sick during spring break. So like the few, the little bit of time that I was supposed to hit the ground running and like. productivity or like be able to go see people before everything got slowed down more i was out of it and that's what like really took me into the funk was like that and not being able to do things and that's when i started playing a bunch of video games because a i needed to pass the time and b i like like that more for keeping in touch with my friends yeah because like for my friends that do play like video games it's nice because We're not just, like, blinking at each other on FaceTime and then, like, wondering why we've been on here for two... Like, not that, like, it's always like that, but when you see someone, like... Like, I play with my friend Liam a lot, and, like, when you saw each other habitually in college every day, but you weren't just seeing each other, but you were doing things together, like we were going to play spike ball or we were working on projects, like, there's, like, an action combined with that relationship. And so, like, I... That's what's nice for me is what I enjoy... Is is that some of where I get to still do something with people that I don't get to be with right here And so that's why I like got super invested in playing a bunch um, and then I just that throws off my sleep schedule and then school starts and then I'm like Oh, I have school work to do too and then I just like blow everything off And then I end up sitting there doing nothing because I'm just complaining about school wanting to Play video games and just hang out with my friends while also saying that I want to make videos that I have ideas for and that I truthfully want to make, I just, like, haven't done it. Yeah. And I made... But, like, I have all these things that I want to do and make. And I... Also, my tripod is not here. It's at school. That's one thing that, like... Well, no, see, then what happens then is it steamrolls. Like, because if you're a procrastinator or a person that makes a lot of excuses, like myself, (laughs) you'll know that you'll find... You'll find almost anything to... Like, once you get irritated with doing a task to some degree, the little things are the things that you then let get in the way. And so it'll be like, oh, this ring on my light stand is broken and I have to use a wrench to, like, move my light instead of just twisting it because the plastic piece broke. Oh, I can't make a video. Or there's a wall here where my stove is, so I can't make a breakfast B-roll video that I suggested that other people make. Um... Because, and then I just get, fr- instead of wanting to solve those challenges because I'm already frustrated with school or whatever, I let that, look, I'm too self-aware too to like, and I don't know why I'm not addressing I need to just address these problems. Um, and then, or like the tripod thing for my first video of even like making a video saying that I was going to do weekly videos, which I'm still trying to do and, and plan to do. Look for Monday-ish. Um. <laughs> um of like oh this tripod's not working and just getting really fed up and be like oh if i just had my tripod or if i bought a new one which i can't afford right now i would do more and so yeah it's just like a lot of excuses that was really long-winded for that dude
0: it's fine i understand like I, i i'm definitely in the same camp too where like i i lean more towards procrastination than other things but like uh yeah i've been just trying to push past that and like fill my time with uh, the animation that I've been doing and like planning some YouTube videos and, and be able to do that and just trying to like come out productive. Cause I have a tendency to definitely not, man. Like watch either watch like so much TV or just like be on social media for hours and stuff like that. And just trying to like break past that. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just like personally, like I, I want to be working or come out of this situation with having done stuff yeah and so like that's that's uh, that's like more of my motivation is that like i'm not saying i'll be able to walk away with like a portfolio piece or whatever you know to be able to add to my website but even if it's just like bumping up the youtube a little bit or like starting this podcast or whatever but being in the mindset of like okay how can i keep working and like essentially like
1: exercising my business or my brain well and that's my motivation too is like this is a really This is a lot, this is a unique situation for a whole lot of reasons, but like on like a positive note, this is a really unique time for people who are freelancers or students or even just like normal people who have, are like put on leave or whatever. I don't know what's going on with their job or even laid off. Like this is an opportunity for those people if they have the means to survive and they have something going to pour into all kinds of things that they've wanted to try just try even whether it's like reading that book they've always said you're gonna read but never have or you're pouring into like you said youtube it doesn't have to be this monstrous like oh yeah i'm gonna walk out of here with three feature films written and i'm gonna go to hollywood and or or my whole like personal brand is gonna be totally built and all this stuff like but it's like a good time to build sort of the the skills that surround all of those those yeah. things that'll that'll kind of propel you forward as we go back.
0: Yeah. Even know? if it's even if it's a small increase, I definitely want to to be
1: increased if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, oh, I have a way to relate this like totally all the way back to the lacrosse thing. That would bring this like full circle. So part of the other deci- like thing uh, for quitting lacrosse was I wanted to strip away some of the, um, like lacrosse gave me something that scheduled my time almost for me. It was like this outside motivator. It was like, you have to get this done. You have to get this done. You have to be here. You have to be here. You have to do this. You have to do this. And it gave me outside discipline, which I am a person who lacks natural discipline. I kind of just follow whatever my heart wants to do. Yeah. or what I want to do in the moment as opposed to like always being disciplined to build for like what I want or I say that I want and so removing lacrosse was also trying to help me prepare for adulthood in a way that I had to build those things for myself and you can they're not mutually exclusive you can do those things with a sport or an outside motivator but I felt like for my life and the person that I want to be that was necessary so we've gotten a step further with like this process of having to learn discipline because I didn't do a great job of it in the fall, and now school is kind of stripped away. Like normal life as a whole has been stripped away, and I have a completely blank canvas to learn how to build p- um, personal discipline right now. And I and I have not really done it, and so that's like a just a cool little thing about like what you're saying is it's not necessarily about the product, but it's about like what you gain by exercising these things, because I think discipline is a skill, I think creativity is a skill, I think learning is a skill, I, and no one would probably disagree with me, and those are all things, they're like muscles, you have to work them out, and this is like why you and I want to stay active, is so we can work out those muscles. Yes. And I gotta work out too, that's like something on the list.
0: I I do as well, Kean. I do as well. Um. Well, dude, thank you for being vulnerable enough to to say you're lazy <laughs> to the to the public um, on, on the internet. I I really appreciate that because I've definitely had moments like that in my life that have been categorized yeah. by that.
1: Pause. I'm not an inherently like I don't think like it's a consistent personality trait. Oh, I am. <laughs> I, I I'm in, like
0: I feel like I'm inherently lazy as a
1: person. Oh, I I'm a maybe this is laziness. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But I'm like, I I work really hard at the things that I'm like super passionate about. Yeah. But I, and I prioritize those things. Right now, I'm being totally lazy because I'm not even doing those things, and this is like weird for me. I'm not used to this. But yes, I'm being extremely lazy lately. You've been like crushing it. You have like, you made like what four videos? You've got been grinding that animation. Something
0: like that. Yeah. The animation's taken a long time. Um, I haven't done anything like that before, so it's just like. Drawing every frame it's just like i'm like whew. i'm like i just have more appreciation for people who are like disney animators and like all that kind of stuff i'm just like
1: oh it's crazy it's I so much time couldn't even imagine yeah
0: yeah dude well um yeah thanks for talking thanks for sharing who you are as a human being uh i guess the last thing would be like um on the episodes that you're back because i definitely want to have you back uh, as a human being on this, uh, voice recording, what, um, <laughs> what, uh, what are, what are things that you want to talk about, Keegan? How do you, how do you see your contribution to unusually useful unfolding?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just feel like we have really good conversations. So like, I, I would love any way to like foster that. I'll provide you with some, the audience with some photography knowledge. they, Didn't know that they didn't need. Um, (laughs) uh, I just, I don't know. This is a fun time. I really like deep conversations like with people and I like learning from them. So I feel like I bring a lot to the table because I had, uh, I feel like I have a quasi unique perspective on life because of my upbringing. So, and the way that I view the world. Dude, perfect. I love it, man. I know that was like the most like basic Like, pitch for
0: myself. Dude, that's fine. we'll, We'll figure it out in the future. It's fine. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I will see you at another time then, okay?
1: Hey, big brain, big heart. Big
0: brain, big hearts, brother. See ya.